0: My name is Jasmine and I'm the editor of Marketing Mag. And today we are speaking with Michael Ziviani, the founder and CEO of Precise Value, a management consultancy who identify and unlock new business growth opportunities through market research, data and communications analytics to deliver effective business strategies and results for corporations, government and not-for-profits. Marcast is the Marketing Mag podcast series. It is brought to you by Content Brains and presented by Marketing Mag. Content Brains, creator of Marcast, blogs, videos, and specialized content can assist you with all of your content needs. We will work with you to develop content that inspires, educates, and connects. For more information, visit the episode notes in this podcast for a link to our website. Today, I'm talking with Michael Ziviani, the founder and CEO of Precise Value, and we're going to be discussing the role that data plays in business growth in a new COVID-19 world. So, hello, Michael. How are you going?
1: Hi, Jess. I'm doing well. How's yourself?
0: I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for talking to us today. The COVID crisis has disrupted the way that things have been done, and right now, the words Pivot and New Normal are entering the marketer's vocabulary like crazy. So what do you think are some of the key challenges that businesses are facing right now?
1: Well, rapid change and innovation has become integral to many businesses now, and they're they're looking to pivot models, so take advantage of new opportunities. But um, that might mean delivering new services to customers to remain profitable, And it's been a difficult period. But in in saying that, some of the key challenges to businesses, uh, they're facing, you know, working out how to do this and to determine if it's financially viable to do that. They're they're grappling with questions like, uh, do I revert back to a prior business model? Do I focus on a new model? Are there new opportunities that I take advantage of or some mixture of both worlds So COVID's really meant change, and that that creates fear. And I guess one of the dangers is that fear can lead to paralysis, especially if you're not certain of what to do. So an antidote to that is really to take action, but try and make that action be informed and be informed by understanding customer needs in this new normal. To, to be looking at the crisis as presenting an opportunity perhaps if our thinking can allow us to go that far. So there's, there's this, uh, you know, innovation opportunity, there's efficiency opportunity, profitability paths that have not been there previously. But there's a challenge in, in getting ahead around that. And I guess one challenge in that too is to, to communicate with customers new offerings, changes, why they should buy from you. And if you don't do that, how would customers know about the change? They're, they're plenty preoccupied with other things. So I guess there's a lot of answers available in data, and that's why we're here today to talk that through. And, and you know, data done well creates a discipline It really helps your organization to align to value and strategic business objectives. So it's about understanding the significance of that data and seeing that as a kind of DNA of your business really for for opportunities to understand it, to enable road mapping and to find your path to growth.
0: Mm. And there's been a lot of talk about data. Um, and I know on the magazine, there has been a, a lot of interest in that that role that data plays. So, from your perspective, what role does customer data play in the recovery stages of COVID and, and in later business growth?
1: Yeah, well, well, when you kind of break it down, you see that that business is kind of all about relationships and, and meeting needs, needs of yourself, your customers, and aligning those for shared value. So data, in a way, captures that, and it captures an understanding of needs, relationships, and value. Now, I know when I say data, some people might just glaze over and, uh, and kind of feel it's all too much, but, but in this new normal, it really has become critical and there's there's lots of different types of data that can bring meaning you know for example market research understanding your value proposition to customers tracking the interest uh, that people customers may have in your products L- looking at customer feedback and understanding how customers perceive you so you can change what you do looking at the media and seeing what journalists and social media are saying about you and of course looking at fundamentals like sales and Profitability, which is your lifeblood, so that to me all ladders up to understanding where value comes from and, and how to use data well to survive. Um, I, I guess analysing that data is is the process we go through that creates meaning. And, and it's very key to understand customers' needs uh, and how your strategies are working. So working that data harder, if you like, creates a, a roadmap to survival and success. And you
0: touched on a really important word before when you said fear. And I think that maybe one of the, the things that's preventing marketers from starting is is not, not being able to use what existing data they already have So how do you think that marketers can make their existing data actually work harder for them?
1: Yeah, well, look, I I think it's really useful, firstly, to consider what data does in the business context. And and my kind of uh, outlook is that good data brings meaning. It enables you to create and manage this idea of shared value. That is looking at your business, your customers, looking at you personally and aligning the business objectives and strategy across those dimensions. So I'd advise people to think through really and critically reviewed the data they have to refocus that on measuring what matters, what matters to you, like cost control, um, operational processes and priorities, efficiencies, and then what matters to your customers. Uh, right now, you know, trust, safety, convenience—in particular at this time—are are quite critical. So, when we, set, we zoom back from that, if you will, then you look at business. It's essentially a, a process for machine that transforms inputs to outputs, and and that transformation process is described by data. The data tells you how that's happening in order to maximise profit. Uh, and to do so using the marketing process. So when you understand that and you look at it, you start to get to this idea of an efficiency factory controlled by data and understanding the performance drivers that will achieve impact and the efficiency of that factory. So once you've reviewed that data, to, to look at it carefully and interpret it, as in what changes that means for your business, what what should you pivot on? Should you look at your products and services, the promotion of those, the pricing or distribution? So those factors come together in a strategic plan and and the data helps you develop that to plan action because it's all very well analysing, but if you're not going to take action, you're not going to see much value. So for the data to work harder, there is this discipline required of collecting of analysing, of interpreting, and don't forget once you start to plan out action and changes to make sure that you communicate those to customers really well. Mm. So, for example, that might be looking at your customer traffic, looking at purchase behaviour history, sales value and volume as well, and why browsing customers perhaps didn't buy. There's really valuable learning in that. So what does that all imply for how that's, COVID's changed that and what changes you need to make to key into the new opportunities? You know, over the longer term, um, and as you get more sophisticated, you can look at predicting things around customer needs, around when products and services are appropriate for them, and even how best to communicate and engage with your customer. And, and those sorts of techniques can scale from small businesses, just in looking at traffic through a cafe and how different uh, promotional activities might, might shift that, right up to large enterprises with hundreds of thousands of customers. Um, one of our clients, a leader in an Australian not-for-profit space, was looking at how best to communicate their focus on a certain market and sorts of things that they do to help people in that market. And so we worked with them quite closely to take their data and figure out how to predict what types of communications styles should work best to deliver that. So that's a really powerful example with a high return on investment for the cost of doing that work that they're able to realise new value in data.
0: And I think you've sort of just touched on this, but I think maybe one of the things that is very daunting is that... In a lot of larger organizations, there might be a data analyst who specializes in this field, but how can a data-driven approach work in a smaller or medium-sized enterprise?
1: Well, I'd argue that a small organization has an advantage in that they're closer to customers, they're more agile, there's less red tape and constraints, so they can pivot faster. They can test and refine strategy in you know quick cycles, if you like, so they see benefits Immediately, uh, and and that it still takes a discipline to structure that data to look at things like you know, the history of perhaps the number of calls they made or the sales resulting. What's the average selling price and conversion rates? You know, there's core data value in those sorts of things um, that help them develop new communications and. Promotional strategies, but there were also very simple techniques. Um, I worked in the optical industry for a while, and um, it was interesting that each store operates like a small organization. So, one of the challenges there is to make their metrics visible Um, no pun intended um, (laughs) but to help them understand the performance drivers. So, it was as simple as generating wall charts, which tracked the traffic and the average sell price and the percentage of extra add-ons when they sold. So, looking to make their results visible. And over a few weeks working with each store, we saw uplifts in sales and profitability because they were able to focus effort on what mattered.
0: Yeah. And I guess what... A lot of people are now looking for is how they can take that strategic approach and use data to keep businesses more agile and profitable. So, do you have any insights on that?
1: Well, well, I think that's spot on. I think what what you're what you're getting at is core to it because there's business businesses that have got data everywhere. You know, over time it's built up. It's in disparate areas. It's all over the place. So. They need to stop and create a structure, do a bit of design that gives logic to it, that, that brings some discipline and rigor. And, and that enables you to measure what matters. And in turn, measuring what matters helps you identify more clearly what your value sources are, whether they're, they're lifting or whether they're eroding value. And that needs a bit of analytics behind it, but it informs your strategies. And then so strategies are able to be wrapped around those challenges and understand more clearly what you need to pivot versus not pivot. And and in turn, that generates your roadmap for growth. So so it's kind of like there's this four-stage approach, and good analytics operates in the latter stages of those approaches once the data's together, and that needs to be around the context of your business. So when you loop back, you can improve that data and improve the quality and see deeper sort of views into data, if you will. But this is a strategic approach I'm, I'm sort of outlining here. And the interpretation of that data then is quite critical, whether you do that yourself or you use experts, but staying close to the customer in how you interpret it and being customer centric in interpreting that information is the key.
0: Mm. And building on from that, how do you create new value using data?
1: So um, there's some proven methods to enable you to to bring things together and create value from that. It's, It's kind of looking at your particular business activities and then bringing your results alongside that. So you're able to adjust those activities and see the impact on your results. For example, improving your business efficiency enables you to deliver more for less effort. It's kind of like joining the dots or understanding what to do more of, less of, or not at all. It it shows you where you should focus effort and how to prioritise. And I think that kind of agile approach, if you want to call it that, is very powerful in an environment like that we're in now with with the COVID world. And And it's, it's, it's become a kind of imperative, if you like, to survival, if not success.
0: Customer loyalty is always a consideration for brands, now perhaps more than ever. So how important do you think brand loyalty is during this time?
1: Sure. Yeah, well, I I see brand loyalty as an equivalent to trust. And trust is really interesting. It's a really interesting concept. It's 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 kind of like a a mesh, if you like, that, that Binds legitimacy and profitability together. Um, with with COVID around us now, trust can be about safety and reliability, and and it kind of is amplified as you point out at this time. And I think it operates within an organisation. It operates outside an organisation as this wraparound intangible force. It's kind of intangible yet still measurable. And I think once you recognise and understand it, it leads you to better strategies, strategies that can be more aligned to customer needs. So when I talk about that, it's kind of in a, in a trilogy, this idea of credibility, trust and reputation. They all live together and they are all built by actions over words. You need to be consistent in what you do. You need to do what you say you're going to do. But you also need to do it with authenticity. And that comes from actions that are described by others, by third parties, like customers, independent endorsers, and so on. And and that authenticity and that trust is critical because that trust itself facilitates new growth. And that's the kind of core concept, if you like, around brand loyalty that I see. Um, many people might throw up arguments about, well, we don't have time or we don't know how or there's no budget to understand trust or track it or see how it's moving. Um, but there's spectacular examples in recent media of organisations who didn't understand their trust and they didn't link the actions to a trust erosion, certainly not early enough to make a change and to, to um, take advantage of that correction opportunity. So, they saw an erosion in sales, an erosion in share prices mm-hmm. really was quite quite devastating for them. And so I think in, in some ways, the challenge is to educate managers and communications and campaign managers to embrace the various sources of data as an opportunity and as a resource to boost trust, to boost sales. So your brand loyalty then is, is proven to lift sales. It is via the mechanism of trust that it does that. And I think in these times, we need to build on that with something unique. Um, It could be as simple as a peace of mind, uh, anxiety relief, if you like, this this kind of beyond brand reassurance, but take the debtor promise, the recent ad pivot for a corona safe relief. So people are seeking antidote, an antidote to the fear that COVID's created. And they want things to trust. They want something to be safe and reliable. So this trust works, if you like, in a reciprocal relationship with a customer. It's kind of an unspoken agreement whereby it's mutually beneficial. And that means that you need to focus on core loyal customers. You need to interact and engage with them to give them options, give them new offers, give them services, and ensure that you're aware of the communication need to deliver that. You know, if you do it right, it'll drive uh, business results. If you're just sitting quietly, it probably won't.
0: Mm. And you're very right. There is that relationship between data and trust because if you use data correctly, it means that you can be aligned to those customer needs. So So how can we learn to look at data differently and understand what data is important and what isn't important? Because I think that's where sometimes us marketers can get lost.
1: Well, this is back to basics. This is looking where the business value comes from. Okay. It's, it's, it's looking at what you do, what actions you take specifically in your business and joining the, the dots, if you like, to the results. So it's understanding about customer interactions it's looking at what happened before the sale, so that we can see what the customer journey was, uh, what patterns were there in there, what sort of brand loyalty existed, and the right model of customer behaviour for your business will come out of that. Will will drop out of that, and, and in some ways, automatically defines what the important data is, uh, data around you know what buying decisions, what what moves the needle on those decisions, um, the purchase funnel. Uh, how and what moves people down the purchase funnel, um, what sort of value proposition uh, is at play there and how that works. So there's proven models and methods to achieve that understanding and, in fact, to prioritise the drivers through that Uh, process through that funnel and the strength of those drivers, because that helps guide our actions. It helps prioritise what we're doing from a high priority to a low priority. And and this is a time when we do need to shuffle priorities and refocus effort.
0: And I suppose a question that I've been asking a lot of different people that I speak with is what are some of your key takeaways from this period? I mean, you obviously have a lot of experience in this field and you speak with all sorts of
1: clients. So I'd just love to know what you're taking away from this period. More than ever before, it's about listening and talking with your customers. The customer needs are driven by emotional and rational factors, especially now. So by listing out your customer needs, then looking at how you meet each need, emotional or rational, you can see and highlight gaps. We've been really surprised that most customers are very happy to talk about their needs, even in this time. And listening to those customers creates really high value because it means you're understanding them better and can act accordingly. So this is about measuring what matters and and joining the dots between what you're doing in your business and the results you're seeing, and and brands should really address that fear by reassurance, because people are seeking certainty. They're seeking trust and leadership in this client, in this climate. Um, they want. You need to analyse what you have, and then if you look to experts, if you're unsure. But to turn the negatives into a positive, because those organisations that realise a trust advantage will grow and they'll reap the rewards of sales and enhanced reputation. But those who don't will flounder. And always remember that customer perception is your business reality. Thank you very much
0: for sharing your insights, Michael, and for taking this time to speak with me.
1: You're welcome, Jazz. It's been great to chat and um, thanks for the opportunity. Wonderful. Thank you.
0: Visit precisevalue.com.au to hear more about their critical thinking and media approach. Thank you for joining us. If you want more details on our podcast or our guests, please visit the episode notes in the podcast. And if you enjoy listening, please rate us. It helps others like you find us more easily. Marcast is produced by Joanne Davies, Head of Content Brains and Publisher of Marketing Mag and Jasmine Giuliani, the Editor of
1: Content Brains and Marketing Mag.